Good day, everybody. Today is Wednesday, November the 6th, and this is episode 28 of Tell Me What You Know. What do you got? You got nothing. I got nothing. Unprepared. Well, I just turned 32. I was going to so. say, yesterday was your birthday. Yesterday was my birthday. November 5th. Remember, remember. remember. Yeah, yeah, okay. Don't steal say. my line. I'll let you say it. Yeah, your line. Yeah. Okay. Came up with that. Right. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, I didn't get you anything yet. That's okay. I'll bring you back some kind of trinkets from South America. Leaving on Friday, huh? I'm heading down to Argentina on Friday for my friend Nacho Ferrari's wedding. Nacho all-time Ferrari. All-time name. His real name's Ignacio. Correct. Okay. But all nachos are Ignacios. Right. <clears throat> That's like the nickname. I think I read on uh, whatever the equivalent of an Outback Steakhouse is to a Mexican restaurant. Okay. Uh, like a on the border or something. Uh-huh. One of those. They had like a little one of those little flip charts on the table that said, "Did you know that Ignacio is the creator of nachos?" So that's when I first learned it, uh-huh. and then I actually met some nachos, Ignacios. Super interesting stuff. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. You excited um, to go back? I am excited. I'm excited for a little bit of summer in the middle of this cold spell that we're having. Yeah, I'm so pretty jealous nice. about that. Yeah, it got kind of cold. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm not looking forward to coming back Sunday night, getting here Monday morning and going straight to work. I think that's going to be a little bit painful. Yeah. And so I'm going to try not to think about that while I'm having a good time down there. Don't, yeah, don't even worry about it. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. I'll be coming straight from a wedding that'll probably end around 7 a.m. and then hopefully sleep some that day. Yeah. Definitely sleep on the plane, I would imagine, though, oh, right? for sure. Yeah. You knock yourself out. Perfect. Uh, I have a follow-up to a topic that you had several weeks ago i don't remember on your ufo topic okay have you seen this have you heard about this no so uh the navy pilot was on joe rogan yes uh i did, I, I saw that he he went on it but i yeah. haven't watched the episode so apparently a lot of the files from that day have gone missing really yeah so the the aircraft carrier the uss princeton that in- initially picked up the blips uh-huh. and had these pilots kind of divert and go check them out uh has lost all their radar tapes and the logbooks, the page, page from, from this from the logbooks is missing. And apparently, the, as soon as they got done with the mission, they went back, they t- made copies of the tapes, they wrapped them up, put them in a safe on the Princeton, and those are missing. I mean, so yeah, they got taken. <laughs> I mean, I don't, they got destroyed. How, how does this happen? They're not lost. It's not. Sure. It's like. Uh, they're missing. They're missing. They're missing. Somebody yeah. knows where they are. They're probably, they're probably nowhere now. Yeah, they're in a bunker. Or they're just not. They're with the Ark of the Covenant in uh, Indiana right. Jones. That's right, the, and the Holy Grail. And yeah, all that stuff. That's wild. I need to. Lo- I'm going to watch that. Maybe we I'll should store Area 51 now. They wouldn't put it there. I don't know. That's wild, though. Yeah. I mean, this guy and this guy is like the, this guy so is the weird, top man. of the top too. This was like Top Gun pilot school, like all that. Like yeah, he yeah. was, he was the. So if he's lying or he's misremembering, then we're in terrible shape because anyway. <laughs> this is our top guy. He, I don't think he's going to – I don't think he set out to have a, a career because of UFOs. Right. I just – I mean – Right. Exactly. So seems, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's very interesting. Yeah. They're I'm going to follow up on that. The truth is out there. Scully and Mulder are That's right. going somewhere right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to give a little update there. Yeah. You got anything you want to talk about? No. I have like a three percent success rate with that question for you. I know I don't. I don't. I, I've I've been fo- so focused on my topic mm. that don't forget his name. Don't forget his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that yeah, I, I got all these facts I, I got in my head that all right. Let's jump. I really. Into I had to. Next time I'll have something for us. No, don't force it. If it happens, it all happens. Right, all right. Yeah. All right. So, I will go ahead then. Michael, tell me what you know about fake news. Ooh. 
So it's a term. I, th- I mean, I'm going to give it to Trump. I think he coined it. Okay. Um, but maybe somebody else said it. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's different than I think propaganda. Okay. Even though they're essentially the same thing. Uh, but to me, Trump uses it in a way to 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 think that there are real fake stories being written, mm-hmm. uh, and they mostly stem like the fake news is generally the liberal media okay not generally for him yeah fox i think we'll get to that do you think that he actually thinks it's fake or is he using it as like a like as a as a tool to isn't this the one of the most odd questions to know is trump does trump believe everything and so he's such a good liar because he believes it it's like that george costanza bit like (laughs) it's not a lie if you believe it right or is he some? He's so nefarious and so calculating and so. Right. He's too old to be calculating well, to me. We'll get, I, we'll I, get I think there. it's probably a mixture. Yeah, but I think it's sort of like he goes back to the same playbook and the same denial, denial, denial. Sure. And yeah. All right. Well, so he for sure popularized the term in the 2016 election. Yep. Uh, but fake news dates back to more than a century ago in the 1890s. So yeah, that's fake news. Well, it was called yellow journalism then. Okay. Um. So I'll kind of give you a background. There were two big competing newspapers. There were fierce rivals, the New York World and the New York uh, Journal. And so in order to sell papers, they would make up headlines and stories uh, just just to, to you know to help their profits, right? Kind of like the tabloids. Sure, exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so like an example of one of these was that in 1898, the USS Maine exploded off the coast of, uh, of Cuba. And this was uh, kind of a catalyst for the Spanish-American War, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... Basically, the American press, the headlines were saying, you know, Spanish treachery and uh, uh, destruction of the warship was work by, of the enemy, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, very much before the, the facts were out there. Right. It starting, was incendiary. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, William Randolph Hearst, you may have heard his name before. He uh-huh. was the New York Journal guy. Uh, he offered a reward for the detection of the perpetrator, whoever whoever did this kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, it So... In 1898, it like the na- the naval court found that it was a it was blown up by a submerged mine. Okay. Uh, they said maybe it was an accident. In in recent research, though, they say that the explosion was probably an accident involving a spontaneous combustion fire in the like the coal bunker of the ship, right? Okay. Um, maybe like a spark or something. Right. Yeah. So it was super unclear what actually happened. The newspapers ran with it, and uh, it definitely was like a, it spurred along. It kind of expedited the. It definitely right. made tensions bad between the Americans and the Spanish, and the war obviously followed. Right. Right. So this kind of stuff, like the sensationalist journalism got so bad during World War One, they started to, uh, the government started to, to, to kind of censor the bullshit that was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, all right, so where does the name come about? Uh, there was a, do you have any idea? Yellow, yellow journalism. <clears throat> Uh, I mean, when I think yellow, yeah, well, I think <laughs> okay. uh, of a, it's kind of a racial slur. Right. But, um, yeah, where does it come from? It has nothing to do with that. Yeah, okay. Uh, it is, um, both of, there was a comic strip that was popular back then called The Yellow Kid. Okay. And it was this kid uh, in the big, like, night shirt, like, a this big sleeping shirt. It was uh-huh. yellow. And uh, I, I think he, it was, like, depicting, uh, you know, a, a poor child from, like, a poor family in the, like, in the inner city of New York City, basically. Okay. And he kind of talked like a hick or whatever. And I, I, basically, the only two papers that ran this comic, from what I understand, are these two newspapers. And so they call, started calling them, you know, the, the yellow papers, the yellow comic papers, and then just turned to yellow papers and then eventually yellow journalism. Okay. Uh, and so... So if you published it, you're being 
put in that group of yellow journalists. Right. So, that, yeah, they, so the New York World and the New York Journal, they were accused of these editorial practices uh, of sensationalism and, and you know, just as using profit as the bottom line okay. and not actual you know, the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's the history of it. I think what we're dealing with today is a little bit different, right? So it seems like a lot of stuff that's being called fake news is just being called fake news because the person doesn't agree with it. Or doesn't want it to be popularized. I mean, yeah. it's just a complete denial. Right. Yeah, but even a step further place. to say, you know, it's different than just saying, no, that's not true. It's no, you're being, you're being purposefully misleading. Purposely misleading. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is a different thing. It's yeah. another step, at least. Exactly. Well, um, I mean, it just makes everything. Well, because it shows that you would have an agenda, not uh, just trying to sell newspapers or something. Right. And I'm just now thinking we're going to like probably messed up all, a lot of this information and we're about to get just blasted for fake news on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'd be fake news anyway. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We we are just. Well, I mean, if there is, that's the most dangerous part about it, right? Is that if there is no uh, true north, right? Exactly. Then you're kind of screwed. Well, that that true north is so blurred now that like what it just makes you lose all faith in any kind of media. You can't trust anything. No. You're you you're and you like as an individual can't really go track down all these stories, and you you drive yourself crazy. Right. Not to mention, you just don't have time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's also just tons of like tabloids and stuff like that that are probably just, they're they're still using that sensationalized media or journalism to, to sell issues. Right. Right. But how funny is it that Trump was basically being protected and, and some stories are coming out. Um, I, 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 I'm Bill Maher this last week. Um, Pharaoh, uh, like what's his name? Ronan Pharaoh. Yeah. Ronan Farrow has a new book out talking about how uh, the tabloids would buy up stories for rich people and then basically hold them. So it's like, oh, if, if you if you don't want to have this story come out, we'll pay you $250,000 and we'll, we'll put it in a drawer. Mm. Uh, well, Trump was very well connected with uh, the New York Post, right? And... I believe it's the post. Right. And and they, they have a bunch of stories that, that he was running. So basically, the tabloids that he, he used the tabloids to buy stories like he has, a, um, you know, a, a children out of wedlock and, uh, and all that stuff. Gotcha. He has like, these rogue children and these different stories. Yeah. Uh, but he's the one promoting fake news. But literally, it's like the Bat Boy comic. You know, the, the newspapers that you'd see. It's like the Bat Boys found in... Uh, Pennsylvania, okay. like so sensationalized. Yeah, well, they just, all are. Just yeah, they but are. I mean, you know, there's like definitely black, like a bat boy or Bigfoot is certainly another level of fake news where it's it's just it's like almost like dessert for your brain. Yeah, it reminds me of those uh, like if you're if you're just super bored and you're going through the Instagram stories and like every third one you get an ad and it's like you won't believe what she found in her closet after buying this new house and it, then it's just nothing. It's pure <laughs> like, clickbait, exactly. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's pure clickbait. Uh, I thought it was interesting when I was looking this up. A county in Florida, Citrus County, uh, their city commissioners or their mm-hmm. county commissioners, I guess, uh, they refused to pay $2,700 to the New York Times for subscriptions at their public library because they said the New York Times is fake news. They That's have 70,000 library card holding citizens and they refused to buy the New York Times subscription. They refused to spend money on that. This is current day, right? Like yes. this is right now. Yes. Yes. That's crazy. They said it's fake news. Uh, one of them f- came back and said we shouldn't have let personal, you know, uh, I guess opinions pos- positions, position, opinions right. get in the way of what our citizens may or may not want. And the other four are kind of like, no, we stand like we're Trump supporters. We think the New York Times is fake news, uh, so we will not be giving money to. They can use the library can use the money for something else or something like that. Do you think that that goes? Um, 
like a free speech issue. Like you're, you're, you're withholding information. So you're in effect censoring people's knowledge. You're yeah, censoring what people can, can say to your constituents. Now you're forcing them to, you know, you're, you're buying it collectively. Right. Um, and I don't know where you would draw the line with like, I got a newspaper, you better buy mine. You know, I, I don't know, yes. but it, it's, uh, that's, that's, it's like, it's a tough situation. Cause if tough, you buy that yeah. one, you gotta, I guess, buy them all. Buy them all. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, it's New York times. It's kind of the, it's a well-respected, not to County commissioners in citrus County, Florida, but it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just an opinion. Yeah. And, yeah. and. It, my thing is, if you're going to call somebody a liar, you better be able to back it up. And none of these people back it up. Well, it's just how they feel. Hey. Well, yeah. Well, then I think they're little snowflakes then. <laughs> you know? I mean, if they, then you're just the complete denial. Bunch of boomers. Denier. Yeah. We talk about how boomers becoming the word now. Man. <laughs> right, we won't get on the that generational right wars. That's right. Uh, somebody equated it to the N-word the other day. Calling somebody a boomer? Yes. It was ageism. Oh, my God. That's insane. <laughs> so I've read multiple tweets that are like, can I say boomer if it's in a rap song? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Twitter remains undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's The last topic I want to cover, let's move to this one. I'll talk about Zuckerberg for a little bit and all of this. I have feelings about this. Yeah, I thought you might. Uh, so he and Facebook are under fire recently because of their political ad policy, basically saying that we're going to allow politicians to run targeted ads and they're not going to fact check them or censor them or anything like that. Um, I think you can see both sides of the, of the argument. Uh, obviously you don't want to be spreading lies, but he, his, I think his opinion is that it's not a private company's job to police whether things are true, true or, not. or not. And that's exactly kind of what I, I would, I would say, right. I mean, it's not on <clears throat> them to say what is true or false or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways I, I like, I kind of agreed with the, with the viewpoint he had that if you're running for office and you put something out there in an ad and sponsor it, like it, comes it's coming from your campaign and it's so false i want to know that you're a big liar and if you're yeah. a liar then that helps me say that i'm not voting for you right um but obviously i, I see the cloud the it's not that easy to see through that stuff and especially for the mass population well and especially when they're using like micro targeting techniques right, as well because right, like right. you know a large part of the population population will never see these these ads right so i think Maybe if they got rid of micro-targeting, that could be an answer, uh, where they just run these ads. I, 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 don't, have, I don't know. I, have, I mean, I have feelings about this, too, because I think Facebook's value is more it, – it's so much more valuable to a small business and, and people that really sure. want to use – A small county commissioner in Citrus, Florida that wants to run a, <laughs> a campaign on that, why the New York Times is fake news. You know, it's, but it's just it, – it sells so many other things, and it talks about so many other things besides politics mm-hmm. that to say that you can't micro-target or, or help people say like, hey, man, I really am selling something, but I only really want to sell it to this specific group of people. And instead of having to go raise a bunch of money to have a big marketing campaign, I just want to – get my ad and my message in front of these people. I'm not trying to do anything nefarious or mm-hmm. lead people in a bad way or sell a bad product. Right. Um, it's just that we live in this, this culture of everything is so dishonest and right. And uh, corner cutting and, and but it's like, okay. Let's say like, I don't know, 30,000 people in Florida see this one ad or something like that. Right. And it's, let's just say it's full of lies or whatever like that. Right. Not being able to call that out is like, cause you don't see it. Well, I mean, so similarly, position. similarly, if you're a newspaper and you write something and then somebody says that's wrong and right. the the paper has the right to a retraction yes. and that relieves them of their 
legal duty, I, be, I believe. They, they can't be sued for libel. Right. I'm, but what I'm saying is that um, I think a lot of people will never see this fake ad. But I would say the same thing about the retraction, right? So the, the see the retraction? I mean, it's it's there, but how many times do you think people are going to go and be like, I want to look at the retractions? I, I think I think it, at it, least it's on paper, though. That's, I mean, no, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a really tough situation, but I think I I, I wouldn't want to put more power in <clears throat> Facebook's hands. Right? right, right. Well, so so Jack Dorsey for Twitter has said they're gonna, away. they're going to not run political ads at all. And I thought the quote was pretty good. He said uh, that that political reach, uh, political reach should be earned, not not paid for. So you shouldn't be able to just go out and like you should you know have your following uh, and and be able to you know promote whatever you want on your own channels, but not be able to pay for that reach. Which again is tough for maybe you're paying for it someplace. You know you just you're going to go to a, a a more expensive ad buy. You're going to go put it on television, or you're going to go you're going to have to go buy it someplace. Okay. Or, or, or you're going to have to pay for more volunteers. Nothing's free, right? So no, for sure, for sure. So, um, I, I understand what he's saying. And, and also what kind of understand it is just, it also just the, gets, it gets it off Twitter the plate. Twitter is so toxic yeah. already. Yeah. And I don't want to see more fake stuff written, you know, it gets it off their plate for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like the move. I know. I, I think it, it's, it's so 50, 50. Yeah. Um, but, but, but for people, I think for people to come out and call Zuckerberg such horrible things and say that he's like actively think actively doing things that are trying to undermine our democracy and stuff like I, I don't I'm not in Mark Zuckerberg's head yeah. but I think that's a little um, bit of a stretch bit of a stretch <clears throat> like I think that's a bit hyperbole yeah. to be that he's so, oh my god Zuckerberg I think he's man the guy's a robot he doesn't he, <laughs> Yeah, and and what's so odd about these social networks now is like they're so much bigger than even the largest kingdoms ever. You know, there's so many people on Facebook that right. he's overseeing, and how do you deal with that? I I, I don't know. Um, and also, and because of that, the only you're having to deal with problems that have to work at scale. Yeah. So it's not like um, you can have every ad reviewed by a person in a timely manner that makes the service still useful. True. You know, you'd have a big backlog of ads that are being reviewed and be like, oh, our ad's going to come out in three weeks. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm just saying it's going to have to work at some level of scale. Mm-hmm. And somebody's going to, their whole point is you can go post something and it gets put in the feed and a computer's doing it and all that stuff. And, and I, I well, don't know. I, it's I, a hard problem. I'm sure there's a lot more of this to be seen. We don't have any answers yet. I'm sure that, we probably won't ever have any answers, but well, people want to start using uh, antitrust laws to break up these right. companies, and I don't understand how the antitrust laws of coming from the 1920s right. are going to have any effect on on how we do this. We have to come up with all this from from the get go, and I don't think or, or come up with it all again. I don't think breaking them up is necessarily the solution to the problem. It's just fracturing mm-hmm. uh, these larger things, and now you've got 20 problems rather than you know four big social networks or whatever. Yeah. Well, if you made it to this part and you've gotten through all the, all the political talk, actually, I really kind of like that, that talk though. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mentioned that fake news was the Oxford dictionary had, had adopted it as a, they put as it a in. word, right? Wow. Uh, I want to give you three more that made it in with it. Uh, <laughs> Slam dunk made it in. That was all this year. Slam dunk was October it 9th. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, October 9th, they, uh, they officially recognized fake news. 
Slam dunk, slam dash dunk. What's interesting about slam dunk is is it's also a political term too. Uh, like, um, you know, like come Iraq. That was a, oh no no no. It was um, this it was like a slam dunk decision. You know, uh, the talk about WMDs. I'm just bringing this up as like I there is heard yeah. yeah like oh this is a this is a slam dunk. Uh, Meaning like it's a sure thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the WMDs like were a, in Iraq. Okay. All right. Uh, the other word promposal. Promposal. Yeah. Uh. So like you ask somebody to go to prom in some kind of fancy way. Okay. Yeah. As a boomer, you might not know what that is. <laughs> uh, and the, the last one I saw was circle jerk. <laughs> so they had to put news, that one in. Slam dunk, promposal, and circle jerk all in the OED now. Do you? Who do you think first proposed this? Like, do you think they had circle jerk on a list and they were like, "What do you think we should?" Circle bring jerks up? like the guy who's been on the Hall of Fame ballot for 15 years. Yeah, like can't quite get enough votes to get in. <laughs> He's really been working. It's like on you got to let circle jerk in. He's, his career is incredible. Yeah, I mean. Let Come him on. in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the OED's board is that, that has this thing. I yeah. think this would be a really good topic. It's just, uh, words, just that, words that have been added in recently. Totally. Maybe a little mini topic or yeah, something. Yeah, I like that. Um, so that's that's a briefing on fake news. I'm sure that we misquoted a ton of stuff there. Well, I mean, it, And now we're just proliferating the fake news uh, media. I mean, it's, it hasn't been around very long. Yeah, Four years since it's been kind news. of this modern... Uh, 1890, Michael. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like Yellow propaganda, journalism. fake news. Right. Right, 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 right. It's just, a, do you have a real purpose? And like, right. It's yeah. just, uh, it's just masked in a new, a new name. Masked in a new name. Yeah. Yeah. Spreading, spreading bad info. Exactly. Well, uh, I'm going to go to kind of a fun topic. This is something yeah, I've well, been excuse, What was my topic? Oh, very fun. I'm okay. just bringing right, up, right, I'm going right, to go right, to right, some fun, right. fun little topic. All right. One that's not divisive. I'll be the judge of that. Maybe. Uh, Michael, tell me what you know about treasure hunting <laughs> uh have you ever heard of geocaching before uh is that a game is that a show it's an app on your phone and it's played by everybody worldwide that has the app okay so <laughs> i've played it like one time uh in buenos aires argentina actually really yeah you download this app and you basically it's like got a gps on it and it shows uh there are like I don't know if it's like latitude, longitude, or if it's just like kind of like pins points a general location uh-huh. where a cache would be. Okay. And so uh, my friend and I found a cache in this park in Buenos Aires. And what you're supposed to do is just you find it, you take a picture, you can add something to it if you want to. Uh-huh. It was literally like a coin, like a little mini Charizard figurine. And that was about it. So super uh, like. So it's like uneventful. a virtual world laid over like a, a Pokemon almost. It's real stuff there though. Oh, there's real stuff Real there? physical items are left in these spots like all over the world. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, so you go and you check in, you found it, that kind of thing. And then you put it back? You put it back. Huh. Yeah. You're supposed to put it back. We put it back. Put it, yeah, yeah. Put it back. Yeah. So that's kind of like- Are there clues or anything? Or, or I, I can't remember exactly how it worked. I think there are clues. I think, I think people that have found it can leave hints. You're not okay. supposed to say like exactly oh. where it is. Uh, and I think the map kind of gives you a circle- like a, a, a uh, kind of like it's within, within it's within this radius uh-huh. basically. That's kind of fun. Uh, it, uh, the idea of it was great, and then we found the treasure. We kind of let a little let, a little down, let down, but we found it. Did it look like a treasure thing, or was it like a geocache? Um, I can pull up a picture of exactly coin. What it like. I'm pretty sure my friend has this posted on Instagram somewhere. We can just cut. Let me find this for you real quick. <laughs> uh, no, this it's something similar too. There's a there's a treasure hunt that's they they did this in Seattle. Uh, there was one like kind of, it's more of like a, uh, it wasn't a Charizard. It was a, uh, it was a cat. We'll uh, post a picture of this with a, with a Bitcoin thing. That's not a Bitcoin. That's a peso. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're oh, worth about they're like... worth about the same. <laughs> what does it say? It says geocaching. Uh, this is a game. That's awesome. Yeah, that was the loot. I think that's really cool. So that was my treasure hunting experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, X marks the spot. You get a map, a treasure map, and uh, go to a deserted island. You find where the coconut tree is right past the rock. And so then you start digging. So where all this lore comes from, it comes from uh, Robinson Crusoe. It, well, it comes from Treasure Island, the Treasure book Island. Okay. by Robert Louis Stevenson. Okay. So Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Treasure Island. Yeah. And in the book, there's a character, uh, Long John Silver. Ah, I love their he, fish. Right. And he's got a peg leg and he's a pirate and he's got a parrot and where that's where all that comes from is, is from treasure Island. Okay. So that really like glamorized pirates. Okay. Whereas before like pirates were not necessarily glamorous. No, no. You know I mean? They're, they're stealing stuff from boats. Yeah. Stealing booty. They started stocks. Basically you sent four ships to the East Indies and then right, right. they ended up coming back with two. Right. Cause of but, pirates. But now because you know, things change and gets glamorized. It's kind of fun. Like, mm-hmm. all right. You get Johnny Depp. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where it really comes from. X marks the spot is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, obviously, with other treasures, X never marks the spot. That's one of my favorite Indiana Jones lines in uh, Last Crusade. He's, uh, okay, he's that's teaching. A trap. He's teaching the class. He's like real. Well, so I'll lead into this next part because I tied it with Indiana Jones. There's how do you consider archaeology and just treasure hunting? Because they're very similar. Like they 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 exist in the same world. I think people who treasure hunt. Uh, a guy on archaeologists a are just nerd a, treasure with, hunters. Yeah, well, they're well, doing. They're probably not going to keep their loot. Treasure hunters, I think, are doing it for themselves. Well, so um, they're they're, they're they butt heads a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, archaeologists and treasure hunters. Right now, if you're on Matthew a, McConaughey at Fool's beach, Gold was not an archaeologist. No, an archaeologist. No, he was a treasure hunter. <laughs> yeah. If you're, um, yeah, if you're on a beach with a metal detector, uh-huh. you are not an archaeologist. I think we can agree. Uh, you're just bored. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Those things cost. I looked those up. Those things are like a thousand dollars. I feel like Scott like for would a have decent one, of those. one. Oh, I could see Scott getting so into this. Yeah. Today he was talking about Cortez and so, and I didn't bring him. I was like thinking about this, yeah. but yeah, I mean, that, I could totally see him getting into that. Sidebar. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, an archaeologist has has the desire to like preserve. Whereas mm-hmm. a treasure hunter sort of has this, this desire to get this thing to market. Now, they do have like parallel incentives in that having something that is well-preserved would increase its value. Right. And therefore, they can kind of see things together. Okay. Um, but, you know, they also might have – a treasure hunter might see dollar signs and be more risky mm-hmm. with perhaps, you know – charging into a pyramid or something or like opening up a or just digging sarcophagus what did i Car- say carsophagus carsophagus yeah, yeah sarcophagus Sarco- <laughs> sarcophagus yeah yeah chris christopherson <laughs> uh and and just you know exposing it and and now you've got i don't know maybe it needed to be sealed for air something whatever mm-hmm. you wanted to do um but yeah no there's like a big they still butt heads of like archaeology conventions like treasure hunters will come and, and, and then sometimes they kind of could be the same people. For instance, um, I'll, I'll leave this to, I'll leave to get to that. Ooh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> going to some like fun, uh, okay. Lot buried treasures. Oh yeah. So, um, one of the first guys that really made this big was this guy, uh, Mr. Heinrich Schleiman. He's yeah. a German, German guy. He, he, 
analyzed and dissected Homer's The Iliad, and in 1873, found the location of the lost city of Troy in Turkey. And he kind of like made it glamorous to look at old texts maybe and go try to find stuff. Yeah. Um, Other people, like so in 1985, this guy Mel Fisher recovered $450 million of gold and silver from the 1622 Spanish ship Nuestra Señora de Atoca. A-T-O-C-H-A. Yeah. Um, So it's like it's not impossible to find a, a crazy amount of gold someplace. There's stories that I was reading about people walking their dog in Northern California and stumbling upon $11 million worth of gold that they think was stolen from a local mm. uh, like gold mm. rush cache of gold okay. that was being stored someplace and then taken. And so they stole the gold, buried it, and, and then For stayed there forever. Came back. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually, when I was researching this subject, somebody, um, the San Francisco Chronicle, two authors put out a, like a fantastic story about this fisherman uh, in Monterey Bay. Okay. He uh, is a bottom troller. And so the way he fishes, he like runs a net on the bottom of the ocean. Right. Picks up all the, the fish and brings them back in. So he puts a GoPro on his fishing net, essentially. And he uses it to like study his practice and figure out like better ways to get more fish and stuff. So he says at one, one night, he's just studying some footage and he sees these like gold flakes in, in the in the water yeah um and starts examining like starts examining the footage closer finds a lot of these things and, and they look like gold bars essentially Jesus. sends the footage to somebody who's more in line no so, so this is over several years of okay. doing this so he really starts looking into it the monterey bay is very deep okay uh he, he thinks <clears throat> that this area that where this sunken treasure might be could be upwards of over a thousand feet deep and so, just getting the logistics of that is absolutely insane. I didn't, I didn't really realize how right. insane that is. You need James Cameron. You need James Cameron. You need, you need a serious team. Like it could, it could cost tens of millions of dollars trying to get something from down there, with different equipment and, I mean, the the, the just the pressure of sending something down there is, is is insane. And then also picking up gold down there, especially if it's like a brick. Like a like gold bullion or something. Uh, gold is 1.7 times denser or heavier than an equal volume amount of lead. So, I mean, it's Shit. really heavy. Yeah. So, just like, I mean, just think about that. I mean, if you've ever hold, held like a lead, maybe you go to the dentist and you put on like lead vests. Oh, so right, that right, thing's right. really heavy. Yeah. Uh, lead's really heavy. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like just thinking about trying to grab that and pull it up. It's, it's nearly impossible. Um, right. It's the story doesn't have an ending that this fisherman got the gold uh it's still down there let's go that i mean it's also it seems like if it's going to cost that much the juice might not be worth the squeeze to get down there and find it's only like four bars exactly exactly so i don't know what four gold bars so there are some other interesting but so there's some other i'm going to now just jump into some fun okay stuff uh there's supposedly a nazi gold train that was they loaded it with gold when they knew that the empire was falling and put it into like a mine shaft in Belgium, I think, mm-hmm. and, um, and sealed it up. And then, and, and then so in the, the late 2000s, uh, like 2013, I think, or no, um, like late 2008, 
Okay. Um, these two treasure hunters get a confession of this guy dying about where this train thing is, but where it, where it is. Okay. Uh, and they work with the government. I think it was in Poland. It was a work with the Polish government to actually go and find it. And they you know, negotiated a 10% finder's fee if there's something in there. Uh, and then it, the word got out that something that they're doing this. So then you have a lot of vigilante treasure hunters. You have, well, yeah, you have, now the word's out. Now you, you can't control it, whatever. They thought that they had found it using some ground penetrating radar uh, and ended up being a bunch of ice. Ah. Didn't find the train. But they're pretty sure this train exists. And there's because there are other uh, instances of the Nazis destroying stuff or, or sinking stuff. Yeah. Uh, they sank a bunch of fake banknotes. Okay. Uh, that they had produced to help, or t- with the thought that creating these fake banknotes would flood the market and ruin the economy of Great Britain. Right. Didn't really work. But um, millions of dollars of these banknotes they pulled out yeah. of the water. So they, 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 there's some logic that they would have done this. Right. Um, Can we go back to for a second? The guy yeah, who gave this confession was he a Nazi? Do you know? Uh, they didn't say whether or not he okay. was a Nazi. I think he he might have been a been a Nazi yeah. or sounds or at least like uh, in Germany. Sounds like this Nazi was trying to pull a prank on people. Maybe, but that's the interesting part. If you're dying, alleged, perhaps the, maybe Nazi. I don't want to call him. What's Nazi, the uh, Nazi. incentive? I guess like you you kind of want to pass it on. I, I don't know. I don't know. But if, depending on what his background is, he might just be a huge asshole. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, no. What's what's also interesting is that the town that that they thought this train was in, mm. uh, they think that they've gotten upwards of $200 million worth of free advertising because of this story. And they are actually going to build a replica train. And I think it opened in 2013 for people to come like just experience this whole fake idea. So they've turned this whole thing into like a tourist attraction. The town basically kind of struck gold with this story. Oh my God. I mean, come on. Uh, there's also a similar story about uh, a Confederate gold train. Yes. All that fetty gold. All of this is still, it's very similar tales, right? Like right. something's, we're going to lose the war. Mm-hmm. Get rid of this gold. We don't want to give it to if the other If we can't have it, side. nobody can. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's so interesting. It's so much fun thinking that it's, it's out there. Maybe. Yeah. You could get, stumble onto it. Huh. It's pretty fun. Yeah. This guy, Forrest Fenn. He okay. was a Colorado resident. Yeah. Old man. Um, he wanted to create something that gave people hope. So he took, supposedly, upwards of $2 million of jewels and cash and buried it someplace and left a note, uh-huh. a poem. Uh, it's a little long. I don't know if I would read it because it's kind of yeah, it's just sort it. of like... Did you read it already? Uh, yeah. The you best part okay. is that the main clue, like a main clue in it... yeah. Uh, is putting below the home of Brown. Ah, we don't have only maybe family out there. No, yeah. I, I, I mean it's not this. a very common last name, so I could see why you would think that. <laughs> but I don't think we have any Colorado. Uh, there also, is. I wouldn't tell you. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep that to myself. What I find interesting about this is it's like only it's two million dollars. You know, oh, is that chump change for you? No, I'm just saying. Three people have died going after this stuff. This particular this thing? particular treasure. Uh-huh. They, they, they like hiking and falling and dr- like people drown in a river, uh, trying to go after this. So it's sort of like, I don't know. Is that a? I'd really want two million dollars if you're putting your life on your line on the line. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That seems like 
I, I, I'll read the I'll read the whole poem and I'll decide. Okay. Uh, well, it it could be anywhere in the Southwest, supposedly. Oh, not just in Colorado. It's not just Colorado. There's thoughts that it's in uh, New Mexico. Okay. There's thoughts that it's in Utah. Yeah. Uh, one one guy I watched a video on thought that the home of brown meant uh, the home of brown trout, and it was near this river that. Does UPS have a facility trout. out there? <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of <laughs> it's just left in the corner at a UPS facility. Yeah. That's great. It's a package with no return address on it. Yeah, just sitting there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting, and it's kind of fun. I I, I like that it it exists. I mean, yeah, it's kind of fun that that you could go do this treasure hunt, treasure adventure. Um, gives people some hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, other little fun facts, maybe you, disillusions folks more than yeah. anything. Don't go kill yourself. <laughs> kind, of, it kind of ruins their lives. I would think more than anything. Please else. don't go kill yourself going after this. Um, yeah. first earliest known use of the term X marks. The spot is 1813. Okay. Um, was it just an X drawn in sand or something? Yeah, I mean... They, Which is a terrible thing to do they, because there's wind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, the origins of this were... It's sort of stupid. It sort of seems like more like... Um, fairy tale. More like a fairy tale because if you're... Why, why would you X marks the spot? Why would you target something so specifically? Right. X, X right, right here right. if you're burying something. Well, it could have been that it was a map meant for somebody, not like that would be the giveaway for a specific person, right? Right. So it's like, yeah, if I get caught, I'll bury this thing here. X will mark the spot. X will mark something the spot. like that. Yeah. So then you have like a, a you know a specific person you're trying to get this message across to. Yeah. Um and before that was a term, I mean somebody's like, Oh look at this random X on the ground. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. Now we're like, oh we better start digging treasure here. Right. Uh yeah, no, I think it's it's also pretty fun thinking uh there are a lot of boats and stuff that have sunk mm-hmm. and and the there's not a record of this. Like a, even in the Monterey Bay Peninsula, as they were bringing up, where could this gold have come from that this fisherman had found? Right. They had they had, they have records of hundreds of boats being sunk. Yeah. But uh, they they estimate that there are hundreds more that they don't know about. Okay. So you really don't know. And and with the gold rush, you don't know if if some boat went out there trying to get to I don't know Mexico. Yeah, especially or a something. boat carrying that much that much gold. Probably not gonna. If try not to be on the books, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the fewer people that know about it, though, it's probably going to be secretive, right? Um, some of the other people that go after treasure hunters, or or because there are other things that could be antiquities that would be valuable to people, like right. people find a bunch of U-boats and you know different different the Titanic, t- Titanic. I mean, just getting down there and and just filming it, I think, was valuable to James Cameron's death. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Well, it definitely made his own self-worth rise, I think. Pro- yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love that South Park. It's so good. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely a really interesting subject. And that's kind of where I was bringing up earlier. Like, you could probably do a whole topic on just one of these yeah, yeah. Uh, buried treasures or mm-hmm. lost treasures. Because there's, there's a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I didn't even read anything about, like, Asian treasures or treasures in the Orient, which I'm sure there, there are equal amount of stories about. Um, tons of samurai swords samurai swords yeah yeah crazy stuff so treasure hunting i do find it hilarious the people on the just with a metal detector yes i read a story about a guy who lost his his wedding ring in his house jewelry and stuff right (laughs) yeah exactly 22 years he lost this ring and some guy came over with a metal detector found it in his house it was like in his backyard somewhere it went down a drain and then went into the backyard i don't know I mean, he said the guy was very appreciative. I mean, obviously, right? But he was like crying about it. It was very emotional for twenty-two years. Twenty-two years, yeah. He couldn't find this wedding ring. Huh? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. 
I kind of want to go geocaching again. That, I really like the idea of that app. That's a fun idea. Yeah. I I, uh, I think it's funny that they had to go bury, like put a physical item. I like I, I like the fact that they did. Yeah. I feel like today, if I like, if we were building this app, we'd probably be like, oh, you can't do that. I'll just do a digital thing like a Pokemon. Right. Well, see, I don't I don't know uh, how it like the a spot starts. I think maybe you can like as a member, you could be like, I'm going to start oh, a spot. Oh, you can like here. opt in. Yeah. You, you, you kind of like, crowdsource I'll, it to I'll it. leave something. Yeah, it wouldn't be like, I don't think the geocaching creators went around to different places and okay. left, left treasures because it's, from what I understand, it's pretty much everywhere. A global yeah. game? Right. That's awesome. Yeah. We should do a little geocache. We'll check it out. Let's, we'll pull up the app after this and see yeah. if there's any uh, caches around us. Maybe if it's we'll, even still a thing. There's a, part, like, there's a part of me that wants to put some like real value someplace near oh, us. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like even like, I'll put a thousand dollars in the ground. A tell me what you know sticker. A tell me what, yeah. A thousand dollars in the ground. It'd be fun to see if people will actually go get it. Yeah. To- all I right. think, I think people would. I totally won't play. I actually had that idea. It won't be, if I go with you, it will not be there when people start to play. This. I actually had this idea to use, uh, uh, use a buried treasure idea for, for gridlock. Ah. So, uh, each time somebody would get a full grid correct, yes. uh, it would, it would open up one number in a, um, latitude longitude where we had buried treasure uh-huh. so like as these things get gotten yes it becomes more and more likely where it is right i don't know it's fun scavenger hunt a little scavenger hunt perfect yeah awesome well thank you very much for that yeah enjoy yeah uh ladies and gentlemen thanks so much as always for listening um we have a brand new studio we didn't mention so if you're watching this on twitter or on youtube brand new sparkling state-of-the-art studio it's uh, just the beginning yeah the highest tech you can get we literally just turned a table 90 degrees. <laughs> Different backdrop. And yeah, we moved the curtains we already had hanging. Um, <laughs> but yeah, follow us on, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. You can watch these the recordings of these uh, podcasts now if yeah. you'd like to. Yeah, come um, out on Fridays. Feel free to interact. This, this will be dropping this Friday. And uh, we're debating how we're going to do our next podcast. I may try and do one from South America. But if not, there will be a podcast next me- next week regardless. So have a great week, a good weekend, and we will see you next time. See ya.